0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fist Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Also streaming live, by the way, on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn. We're streaming live on the award-winning SiriusXM XM app and broadcasting to all of our men and women in uniform around the world, listening on the American Forces Network. I want to welcome everybody to the show on a day that is an eventful day in football midweek. We've now concluded the midweek Champions League matches. Uh, today, some interesting results. PSG eke by Club Bruges. Madrid thump Galatasaray uh, to the tune of six goals to nil uh, by Munich beat Olympiacos. Tottenham Thumper, uh, Red Star, uh, Red Star Belgrade. And uh, Atlanta, Man City, that's a 1-1 draw. You know, Sergio Bravo getting sent off. Kyle Walker having to finish that game in goal for Man City. Dinamo, Shakhtar is a draw, and they're going to fight it out in that group. Uh, Lokomotiv lose at home to Juventus. Bayern Leverkusen uh, beat... Uh, Atletico Madrid at home. Uh, those were the Champions League games. And there was a Europa League game today as well, by the way, in Group F. Arsenal gave up a late equalizer against uh, uh, Vitoria de Guimarães. Excuse my pronunciation. Portuguese club. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, more woes for Arsenal. Look, we've got a lot to get to today, including Premier League discussion. Let's talk about Liverpool. You know they're going to play two games in essentially... One day with two different squads. It's going to be one of the first times that's ever happened because of the Club World Cup uh, 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 conflict with the uh, Football League Cup, the League Cup in England. It's going to be interesting. Let's discuss that. Let's discuss VAR. So much to talk about on this show. We'd love to hear from you, by the way. Find, a, find us on Twitter. You can find us at Fist Street Sports, or you can find us at and Nick N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Loads to chat about. Let's get it going. Let's talk more about these topics. Let's also take a look at the Premier League. And if you want to have a a quick chin wag about the MLS Cup final, we can do that as well. Those are the topics on the table. Once again, love to hear from you on this show. Twitter is the best way to do it at Nick Eber, N I C K G E B E R or Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash 5th Street Sports Talk, or you can find us at the 5th Street Sports Twitter as well, at 5th Street Sports. All right, it is break time, so I'm going to do that. And when I come back, I'm going to brag a little bit about my great pick, one pick I gave out midweek Champions League. Give me some bragging rights. All right, I'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Great to be with you. Lots to talk about today as the Champions League action in midweek is now behind us. Let's take a look at the tables in the Champions League and get a kind of get a feel for where everything sits today. <coughs> Excuse me. A um, little bit of uh, coughing there, which is never great, by the way, if you are on the radio. But what can I say? I do the best that I can. PSG today getting the 1-0 result against uh, Club Bruges. Uh, they are sitting well on top of Group A uh, with 12 points. Real Madrid right behind them with seven. Madrid today thumping Galatasaray in Spain. Six goals to nil. Galatasaray at the dead bottom. Look, I mean, this is going to be PSG and Real Madrid coming out of this uh, this group together. All right, uh, is one and two. All right, next up we have Bayern Munich and Tottenham. And uh, Bayern Munich getting uh, the result. Uh, Today, 2-0 home win against Olympiacos. Tottenham also getting a 4-0 victory away at Red Star Belgrade. So that's a great result for Tottenham. Looks like, look, their league form sucks, but their Champions League form, they're going to get through the group again, uh, going to go through, excuse me, to the knockout stages again, which for Tottenham fans is something to really hang your hat on. Double, by the way, from uh, Son he is really a wonderful player and probably one of the most underrated players i think globally and, and not not because you know people don't recognize his his um you know his stats and his prowess and what he does it's just he's just such a quiet such a quiet guy just gets about his job you know gets about gets about business a, a real uh, a real wonderful player to watch. One of my favorites in the Premier League, by the way. I have to say, as much trouble as Tottenham are having. All right, uh, Group C, we have Man City today. They get a draw uh, against Atalanta in a weird match, by the way. The so- uh, Sergio Bravo sent off, and Kyle Walker having to finish that game in goal, and they did finish it at 1-1, so that was a draw. Uh, they are well ahead. I mean, they got 10 points. There's only two more games to play in the group stages, so... Um, at this point, it would take a miracle uh, for them not to go through Man City. Shakhtar and Dinamo are tied. Uh, well, uh, actually, Shakhtar is ahead on goal differential, but um, they tied today, so 3 3. So they are going to fight it out. That That is one of the interesting battles we're going to watch here in Group C uh, to see who gets through between Shakhtar and Dinamo in that second spot because I don't see City going out anything other than top spot in that group. Group D, uh, Juve and Atletico Madrid, uh, they are going to go out probably in that order. Uh, Juve today had an excellent result beating Lokomotiv Moscow 2-1 in Russia, which is a terrific result. That's a very difficult trip to make. Um, Distances are large. Uh, The crowd is unpleasant uh and i do you know downplay if you listen to the show you know that i downplay a fair amount uh the sort of quote travel woes that professional athletes have you know it's so hard the first class travel the luxury hotels uh the nutritionists, the food but but that is a trip the eastern european trips are tough which is why the europa league presents uh, so many difficulties for those teams that get there but group d i see UV and atletico madrid coming out of that in order one and two. Group E, Liverpool and Napoli are the two teams that are going to come out of that group. Um, I believe Napoli had a draw yesterday. I'd have to remember that. Uh, Liverpool having the win. Uh, group F, uh, let's move along to Group F Barcelona and Dortmund. Barcelona getting uh, a draw yesterday in the Champions League. Uh, look, that's tight. You've got Inter Milan, Dortmund, and Barcelona all in the mix here. Slava Prague, definitely not. Um, But, you know, that is a very, very tight group. And, you know, we talk on this show a fair amount. And if you listen to the show, uh, particularly Kartik uh, and I when he's on. And by the way, I apologize for Kartik being uh, so difficult to find on this show of late. Uh, The reason for that is that he, his other commitments are winding down He's very involved with a football club in uh, Miami, pardon me, in Tampa, and so that is uh, winding down for him, and he will be more of a regular feature on the show uh, going forward. But yesterday, Barcelona did draw uh, Slava Prague, uh, nil-nil, and that was a really interesting result because, you know, Barcelona are just not looking like that dangerous team they always used to look like. They're going to be, they are in a rebuilding year, Um, so look for that group is wide open excuse me an absolutely fascinating group group f one we want to follow group g on the other hand uh is also to- uh is also tight a uh, red bull leipzig on top with nine points Lyon with seven points but then you got Zenit with four points that's still wide open benfica look like this sort of also ran there unlikely they're go- anything's going to happen but but group f and group uh, group g are definitely still in play uh as is group h With Ajax, Chelsea, Valencia, all on seven points. This, to me, is the one to watch. And if you listened to the show yesterday uh, or Monday, whenever I last did it, I think it was Monday. We didn't do a show yesterday. Or maybe we did. I don't remember. But when I gave out my picks for the Champions League, I said I was uncomfortable about giving out any picks except for the Chelsea game. I said, look. 4-4, an upset at Stamford Bridge and that is what you got Chelsea drew Ajax at home 4-4 four, four. that was an upset the odds makers all had Chelsea winning remember they went to Holland and they beat Ajax 1-0 but Ajax returned to Chelsea uh returned to Stamford Bridge at London and you know 4-4 four, four, that group wide open the only thing i can tell you for sure on that group is that leal is highly unlikely to get out of that group but is it ajax is it chelsea is it valencia it's musical chairs. There are only two chairs in that group, and there are three teams that all are on the same points. Ch- uh, Ajax with the better goal differential. Chelsea and Valencia's goal differential is tied. So that's a really interesting group to watch. So FG and H are all in play for sure. Uh, as I said, uh, group, group A is not really in play. Group B is not really in play. Group C, uh, yeah, you got Shakhtar and Dinamo. Group D, uh, not really. It's Juve and Al- Atletico. Uh, group E, not really. Again, it's Liverpool and Napoli pretty much. Group F, yeah, that's in play. Group G is in play. And Group H is in play. So there you go. So we've got three and a half groups that are in play as to who's going to get out. And that's why we watch the Champions League, by the way. Because, you know, it's it's matches like uh, the new Camp where Slava Prague frustrate Barcelona to a draw. I mean... That is why you watch it. It's matches like today, where Tottenham Hotspur, who are struggling mightily, take a very difficult trip to Belgrade, play Red Star, very difficult environment, and come away with a 4-0 win. I mean, that is why we watch it, because if we only went by the odds if we only went by what the prognosticators prognosticators and pundits told us and i am one of those by the way uh you know why bother watching the games right i suppose you could say that about any uh any score about any any sport excuse me um by the way uh, benzema equals uh, equaled messi's streak uh, rodrigo scores a hat trick in the real madrid win i mean You know, as we look at these two Spanish sides, both having to go through a rebuilding phase, it's fascinating to see. I mean, Madrid look like they are the better team right now. But you wonder just how fragile that building is for the future. When Karthik comes back on, we're going to talk about this in some detail. Barcelona, you know, I think they are going to approach this whole rebuilding plan of theirs in a slightly more methodical way it's going to be interesting to see by the way Bayern Munich new manager we talk about that right uh, new manager for Bayern Munich get a great result at home against Olympiakos uh, 2-0 and that was uh, today's result all right that is a quick whip around the Champions League we didn't talk about Arsenal giving up a one goal lead giving up that late equalizer I tell you, Arsenal are just a crap team right now. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gooners. I don't have a beef to grind with you. I, you know, I like Arsenal. Growing up, uh, all of my friends were Arsenal fans. and You know, I kind of went the Liverpool way very early on. But I'm sorry. The team's crap. Stan Kroenke is a rubbish owner. Shows you how much Arsene, Arsene Wenger was actually keeping that team together. All right, Unai Emery is, I think, at this point, not the right pick. Okay, going to step aside, take a break, and we'll be back with loads more here on Fifth Street Soccer. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Free Soccer here on the Sports Byland Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Gieber. Um, you know, well, we went through the Champions League and took a look at the midweek fixtures in the Champions League. Also, a quick whip around the groups, get a good idea of uh, where we're going. I won't say there are any massive surprises in the groups, which is a shame, actually. I mean, it's not a shame if your club is one of the ones that uh, – You know, (laughs) that's the nasty surprise. But, I mean, did anyone expect anyone other than Real Madrid and PSG to get out of Group A? And that's what's going to happen. No. I mean, Bayern Munich, Tottenham, no. I mean, and those are the two that are going to get out of that group, right? Bayern Munich and Tottenham. Uh, Man City and Shakhtar. Well, okay, Man City, everyone expected to get out of the group, and, and they will. I mean, did anyone have an opinion as to Shakhtar's Dinamo or Atalanta? I don't think anybody really had a firm opinion one way or another that any one of those teams getting out of the group would not be considered a surprise. Um, You know, Leverkusen have been crap. Juventus have been great. Atletico have been good. So those are the two, uh, Juventus and Atletico, that everybody assumed would get out of Group D. And right now it looks like that's the case. Uh, group E, same thing, Liverpool, Napoli. You know, no one really thought Salzburg or Genk were going to get out of the group. Uh, group F, I mean, Inter a shadow of the team they once were. It's Borussia Dortmund and Barcelona, barring a huge up- upset, that's what I see. Group G, that was probably one of the more even groups, I would say, um, Leipzig, uh, Lyon, Zenit, and, and Benfica, but right now it looks like it's Leipzig and, and Lyon. No, no, there's no big upset there. I'll put the, put it to you that way. Um, is it an upset if Valencia don't get out and Chelsea do? I suppose Group H is the one where we're most set for an upset, but you were going to have an upset anyway in Group H because there are three teams that are, you know, considered contenders and only two spots to leave. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not as exciting as one might hope. Similar, by the way, you know, it's kind of how I feel about all these tournaments. Uh, look, I like, I love the Champions League, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm, I love the Champions League. I remember when it was, you know, just the uh, European Cup and the team that won it. You know, the only teams that could play it were the teams that won their league, and it was a knockout tournament the whole way. There weren't group stages and and all the rest of this stuff. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, The one thing that the group stages can teach you, though, about the Champions League is that every match does, in fact, matter because there's not a lot of room for error. The one thing the Premier League can teach you and last year is a wonderful example of this. Is that every match, every point matters? Even the match against the worst team in the league, even the match against, you know, a team that has nothing to play for, quote unquote, that's maybe mid table. Every point is critically important. Liverpool lost the league last year by one point. They lost one game all season, and Manchester City won the title. because of the situation in the league where you, you know the top 4 teams get into the champions league the next two get into the europa league uh then you know you go down the list and then the bottom 3 get relegated it makes for an important league it doesn't make sense to play an entire season of football only to have 50% of every one of your teams basically tear up the record for the months that they've been playing beforehand and start afresh with a completely new tournament. And that's what we have in the MLS in Major League Soccer. Because they're not quite sure what they want to be. Do they want to be the NFL or do they want to be the Premier League? They kind of have this and have had, you know, since time immemorial, since they started in 96, they've had this playoff system. We're going to see the fruits of that, I believe it's on, on the 10th, which is what, uh, is that a Saturday? Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific. We're going to have the MLS, MLS playoffs. Um, which is interesting. First of all, it's going to be going up against college for uh NFL noon Pacific th- uh, 3 Eastern. Yeah, maybe going up against some earned early NFL. And it likely will be going up against won't be going up against Premier League at noon. That'll be done. It's very strange. And so Seattle are going to be facing Toronto. Seattle were number two, you know, ranked uh, from the from the West. LAFC were number one. Uh, Toronto were number four ranked. Atlanta were number two. Number one, by the way, was NYCFC. They lost to Toronto in the uh, se- semifinals. But really, the point about it is, I'm not sure what this says. Look, it's a trophy. If you're a Seattle or Toronto fan, you're going to be thrilled that you're re- lifting the MLS Cup. And look, I was used to work for the LA Galaxy, so, you know, I'm... I, I'm aware that this is a trophy that these teams certainly love like to win. But I, I think the problem is is that it's a wank fest. You win the supporters' shield for winning the league, and then you win you you know, basically one out of every two teams makes the playoffs and you start again, then you have a totally different tournament. I, I just I look look, and I'm not I'm not suggesting Without the institution of promotion and relegation, by the way, uh, that I have a solution for this, because I don't, I don't have a magic wand. I don't think MLS Cup is necessary to play if you truly value the league. If you value the league, the Supporters Shield is the tr- is the trophy. But of course, MLS, you know, wants the tour this tournament to try to garner um, media interest, which isn't really there. Not that the folks that turn out at Seattle at Century Lake Field to see, you know, the Seattle Sounders play or the Portland team or, you know, LAFC or Atlanta, they've got rabid fans and and I am in no way attempting or trying to denigrate their fan love for their team. But the fact of the matter is, outside of the markets, where these teams are in, and the markets where teams are coming in, Sacramento, St. Louis, Nashville, Inter, Miami, Miami and Austin, Texas. Are you telling me that the folks that follow Austin FC really are going to give a rat's ass about, I don't know, let's say an LAFC Rail Salt Lake game that's going on? They're not. They don't. They're not going to care. That is why the TV ratings suffer. And the reason for this is, obviously, we have East and West conferences, okay? That's number one. But number two is, league position doesn't really mean much. Because it's such an insular way of making the playoffs, it doesn't matter what happens in the West. Why on earth would a DC United fan give a rat's hooey about a Salt Lake City-Seattle game going on in the West during the regular season? They don't. And that's why... Viewership sucks on television for Major League Soccer. Because there is no motivation for people to watch any games outside of those games in their immediate market. Why? Because the league is essentially meaningless. Half the teams are going to make the playoffs. Teams in the East aren't even going to see a team in the West until the finals. it's, It's a system that is... You know, I get it, and, and I'm not really, I, uh, for once in my life here when it comes to Major League Soccer, I'm not um, pointing the finger at Don Garber, and I'm not pointing the finger at the MLS owners and the single entity system. And, but the fact is the lack of promotion and relegation means that most of these games that you're going to see throughout the regular season are basically meaningless. Because the supporters' shield, quote-unquote, is a fundamentally um, disrespected trophy, should be, you know, the most important thing. If you finish on top of 24 teams, you know, you're the best team in in Major League Soccer. But they don't do that. And they need to do that. And they need to stop this charade with this uh, All-Star game and then with the the playoffs because they don't get... Ratings—they don't get ratings because people don't care. People don't care because it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything because there's nothing really at stake. I use this analogy: it's like watching gladiators play with Nerf swords. You want to see gladiators play with Nerf swords, or do you want to see gladiators fight to the death with uh, with uh, with actual swords? Well, per, for me, probably you know neither one, but you get what I'm saying. That's it. That's the issue. And if you're not going to have promotion relegation, which they're not, let's not fool ourselves that that's going to happen any time in the near future. They need a different system. They need a way to make the league more compelling. So I'm open to ideas. I'm open to new concepts. What do you think? Seriously, let me know. Find me on Twitter at Fifth Street Sports, or you can find me on Twitter at at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I would really love to hear. Let's try and figure out how we can make MLS a meaningful league. And I again, I don't mean that, that the teams aren't real and the players aren't playing hard and all the rest. But let's work out how to make it so that the fan experience for fan for a fan of, say, Toronto, outside of his or her market, is there. And that's the same sort of fan experience you're going to have whether you're watching the NFL, or the NBA, or the Premier League. Let's work it out. Let's figure it out together. Let's come up with a solution. I don't just want to be a naysayer. I want to be somebody that's going to come up with solutions to these problems. All right, I'm going to take a break. When I come back, let's take an early preview of what's going on in the Premier League right here on Fifth Street Soccer. Welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer. Nick Gieber with you here. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find the show on, at Fifth Street Sports. You know, the last segment we spoke a little bit about Major League Soccer and, you know, some of the challenges I think they have with the playoff system and the playoffs and, you know, the meaningfulness of a season. And, of course, we kind of have a bit of the opposite problem going on in the Premier League. Uh, where Liverpool find themselves in a very awkward position of having advanced through that incredible shootout with Arsenal, by the way, in the uh, Carabao Cup, in the League Cup. And of course, because they won the Champions League, they get an automatic entry into, I think it's the semi final, of the Club World Cup. The problem here is that the Carabao Cup quarter final, which will be at Aston Villa, uh, is going to take place on the 17th of December. Um, and the 18th of December, the team has to be in Qatar to play the semi-finals of the Club World Cup. Now, this is a real problem. So, in other eras, I believe Manchester United opted out of was it the FA Cup or the League Cup at one point because they were in the the Club World Cup was the Intercontinental Cup. I don't remember what it was, but they had an international commitment and they decided to let the uh, the domestic cup go. And that is always an option. But, you know, after your team has fought hard and, and advanced, after you know, a shootout with Arsenal, a team that really looked like to me like it was the Liverpool under-12s, by the way. Um, I think um, Jurgen Klopp is, is not really willing to let that tournament go because silverware is, let's face it, silverware. And I think if you ask the fans at the end of the day, what's more important to you, the World Club Cup or the League Cup, I'm not sure there's going to be an enormous amount of difference between the two. You know, the World Cup, Club Cup is, uh, you know, it's it's kind of bare. It doesn't really excite me. I mean, I'll watch it, but it's not something that I, you know, watch every year or really give too much of a damn about, to be fair. Um, The League Cup is kind of the bastard child of uh, the English uh, football cups. Obviously, Premier League trophy is number one. The FA Cup is number two. Uh, The League Cup is number three. I mean, the trophy everybody either wants is the Premier League trophy or the Champions League trophy. And by the way, I also don't think that the uh, Europa League should be dissed because, I mean, that is a very, very hard um, uh, cup to win. I think one of the hardest cups to win in football, the travel in in that tournament, is is just appalling. But I digress. Jurgen Klopp has decided the team is going to play both games, the one game at Villa Park on the 17th and the other game in Doha in Qatar on the 18th. The only way he's going to be able to do this... Is to do the first for the first time in well, I suppose history for the Premier League to field two different squads. Now, we talk about teams that have riches and teams that don't. I mean, Liverpool were not always in the situation, but they have an abundance of riches. They have a very big squad, not as big as say Man City, uh, although Man City right now have a number of injuries, but. not quite as big as City, but certainly a big enough squad that they could take those players that played against Arsenal, for example, and add in a a few more and then send uh, an A-minus squad for the first game at the Club World Cup. Jurgen Klopp is going to finish. He's going to take care of it. He's going to do it. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Really, how he does it, but what he said is that um he had threatened to withdraw Liverpool from the cup um originally, then they had a change of heart, and he requested the game at Villa Park actually took place on the seventeenth, which was again the game just be- the day just before their first game in Qatar. Uh, the football league was o- was okay with that, and look the football league should but isn't going to completely redo their competition because one of the teams is in the Club World Cup. Jurgen Klopp makes a great point. He says the Club World Cup is a very, very difficult tournament to get invited to. You have to win the Champions League to get there. As he said, you know it's not going to happen every year for you. So I understand that. At the same token, he doesn't want to diss the Football League. So asked whether uh, he'd come under pressure from FIFA or the Football League uh, to accept this sort of weird schedule, he said that yes, He said, do you want me to be really in trouble with FIFA? No. Do you want me to be in trouble with the Football League? No. You only play the World Club Cup if you win the Champions League, and that doesn't happen in your life five million times. You have to take that opportunity. So I think it's a good move. I think it shows um, good intent. The problem is, of the players that played in the uh, League Cup match, against Arsenal, you had guys like Milner, Origi, Gomez, Naby Keita, uh, Ox, Adam Lallana. I mean, those are guys that you're going to want in your Club World Cup squad. Or maybe what they're going to do is to play the heavier team on the 17th and then fly them out for the second game in the Club World Cup. We'll have to watch and see. It's really, really interesting. Uh, dilemma and an interesting problem. Uh, all right, I promise we take a quick peek because I'm going to do a full Premier League preview, uh, on Friday. But in, in the meantime, let's take a quick peek at uh, some of the matches coming up in the Premier League, uh, because there are some good ones coming up this weekend, uh, believe it or not. Uh, let's start, shall we? Uh, and here's a great match. You know, this is what I'm talking about. When we talk about, for example, um, you know, meaningless league games because half of everybody, fifty percent of the teams, all make it to the playoffs. Uh, this match, I mean, if this was a, a if this was MLS, who would care about? Who would care about the game on Friday between Norwich and Watford? Nobody. But these are the two teams at are dead bottom of the Premier League. Watford have yet to have a win all season. Norwich were newly promoted from the Champions League. They kind of had an approach which was to keep that champion pardon me, the Champions League, the Championship, to keep that championship team that they had together and it hasn't panned out and they're now sitting in nineteenth place. This is a super important match from two of the bottom dwelling teams. It's on Friday. Can't wait. Chelsea hosting Crystal Palace. This should be an absolutely fabulous game. I mean, there's no other way. To, there's no other way to say it. This should be an absolutely fabulous game. I mean, Chelsea came off that uh, away win against Watford, and uh, you know, Crystal Palace had that uh, two win home defeat against Leicester. Chelsea looking to stay in the st- top four. I think Leicester need to stop. Uh, uh, pardon me. Chelsea looking to stay in the top four, unbeaten. They've only lost uh, two games all season. They're unbeaten in five. But Palace, they haven't won in three games, so they're looking for that. That's a hugely important game. Burnley, West Ham United. West Ham United under Pellegrini are seriously underachieving right now. They should be a lot higher up the table. They have a good squad. They have a good manager, uh, and they are in real trouble right now. The last time they won was September 22nd. They have gone five games without a win. And by the way, keep in mind, September 22nd, their last win was at home against United. They'd only lost one other game for the previous six when the season started. And that was the opener against uh, Man City, which, you know, oh dear, they lost against uh, Man City. I don't think anybody expected anything but that. Great match. Newcastle-Bournemouth, another great match. I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, for me... I'm really enjoying watching Newcastle United because I, I like this. I love this club. Uh, they're, a, they're a great club. Uh, you know, they, they've been – Steve Bruce was brought in after Rafa Benitez. They've been, you know – wallowing around the morass of the relegation zone. They've had a couple of good results uh, since their lost, uh, 1-0 loss to Chelsea. They've actually won, uh, only lost two of their last five. They've had that great win, 1-0 win at St. James's Park against United. Uh, they've had a 1-1 against Wolves, and they recently beat West Ham 3-2 away uh, in London. And now they are, you know, four points clear of the drop. This is a really, really important game for West Ham, who are facing a Bournemouth side, Uh, who uh, just came off a big win against Man United, by the way. Uh, My one wrong prediction for the weekend. Bournemouth have only lost one match in five, and that was to Arsenal, 1-0. You can see why that's interesting, right? Southampton, Everton. Here's another one. Southampton, remember? Losing 9-0. 9-0? 9-0. Think about that. To Leicester City. Then they lost 2-1 to Southampton. Um, pardon me, to, to Man City. But before that, they lost 9-0 to Leicester. Draw with Wolves. Lost to Chelsea. Lost to Tottenham. They're conceding goals galore. They have conceded 27 goals in 11 games. And they're facing an Everton team. Here we go. Southampton are 18. They're in the drop zone. Everton, talk about perennial underachievement. They are 17th. Marco Silva, the manager of Everton, under so much pressure. This is a must-win game for both of these teams. Absolutely cracking. But if this were MLS, who would care? Spurs, Sheffield United. Spurs desperate to get their Premier League uh, campaign back on track. They've had only one win in their last five. They had 1-1 with Everton the last time out. They lost to Liverpool 2-1. They lost, uh, pardon me, 1-1 with Watford. They lost 3-0 away at Brighton. Last win they had was against Southampton. Bottom dwellers, Southampton big game here for Spurs and Sheffield United. They're on a flyer, right? They're sixth place in the league. I mean, my goodness, a promoted team. They're right up there and they're playing terrific football. Three nil home win against Burnley. Last match they lost was only a one nil to Liverpool. Sheffield playing great football. That's another great match. Telling you there are some delicious matches this weekend in the Premier League. On Saturday, the last one is Leicester, Arsenal. Oh, my goodness. Leicester City, what a great story they are. Brendan Rodgers has that side firing on all cylinders, the youngest team in the Premier League. They're a wonder to watch. They're great fun. Again, this is a team put nine goals past Southampton. And they're facing an Arsenal team under Unai Emery that is all over the place. They just gave up a one-goal lead in the Europa League to get a 1-1 tie against uh, Willem in, uh of uh, Portugal. Come on. This team sucks. Sorry, Arsenal fans. What a great match that's going to be. Can't wait for that one. Then you got Man United, you know, the strugglers. In a rebuilding year rebuilding face, coming off a 1-0 away loss against Bournemouth. And they're now facing Brighton over Albion. Brighton on a flyer. Three wins in their last five. Should be another great game. you got Wolves Villa. Wolves in 12th. Villa coming off that heartbreak loss, or they're going to consider heartbreak loss to Liverpool. I mean, they were up one nil up until like the last twenty minutes. They thought they were going to, you know, be the fir- administer the first defeat to Liverpool, but it didn't happen. Liverpool came back one at two one, and then finally the piece de resistance. You've got number one against number two. You've got last year's champion against the against last year's runner up against this year's top of the table and uh, this year's number two, Liverpool, Man City. This is an Anfield. This is the most important game of the weekend. I am so excited about the Premier League games this weekend. Tune in on Friday because I'm going to go through all of these games. I'm going to give you my picks My prognostications, if you want to make a little bet, I'm going to probably tell you where there's some value. But so many of these games are must-watch games. You do not want to miss this weekend in the Premier League. Hope you've enjoyed the preview. Hope this is getting you a little excited for the weekend. Massive weekend in the Premier League, folks. I'm going to go. I'll be right back in three minutes to wrap it up here on Fifth Street Soccer. Welcome back for Street Soccer. You know, this last segment got me all worked up. Uh, you know, I don't mean that in a, in a weird way. Um, there are so many big matches this weekend in the Premier League. I mean, you know, the first, like, s- five weeks of the Premier League, we had a quote-unquote big six matchup every weekend. Of course, now some of those teams aren't big six, Tottenham, Man United, now the big six includes teams like uh, uh, Leicester City, uh, include teams uh, like Sheffield United. So that's the way things change. But we have such massive games this weekend that uh, it's it's impossible not to be drawn to it. I mean, again, the bottom dwellers, Norwich and Watford, we got Chelsea Palace, uh, we've got Newcastle, Bournemouth, Southampton, Everton. I mean, good Lord, how do we get this? Spurs, Sheffield, Leicester, Arsenal. United, Brighton, Liverpool, City. That's the topper. It's um, it's outstanding, isn't it, that we're coming into week 12 of the Premier League and we have games of this import. Again, this isn't a situation where the 50% of the teams don't have to worry. Just don't worry. Finish in the top half of the table. You'll make the playoffs. And we'll start afresh. All right. I'm done bitching and moaning about it. Hope you will tune in each and every weeknight from 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, uh, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Because this is where you will find me and on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Hope to speak with you then. In the meantime, I'll chat to you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great night. Hi, this is Ron Barr. If you like insightful, interesting sports talk and interviews with the biggest names in sports, then join us for Sports Byline USA, coming up next on the Worldwide Sports Byline USA Network.